the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. podcast on the radio misfits podcast network the greatest radio misfits podcast network network in the world <laughs> it's the best podcast network uh ever in addition to my podcast you can hear tons of varying awesome informative entertaining cr- creative great podcasts right here at radiomisfits.com please take the time to give us your feedback rate and review us all on every single platform and my thanks to uh, to ed and to Jason Skaggs for doing all the uh, music and the sound and everybody. Uh, and uh, also, hey, you want to be a sponsor? You want to advertise on our podcast? Lots and lots and lots of people listen. So you should do it. Be a sponsor today. Contact us at sales at radiomisfits.com. You want to be a part of the podcast in general, leaving voicemail messages. You want to, you want to hey, do you want to have a megaphone message done just for you? Anything. Voicemail 24-7. We want to hear from you. 773-417-6948. Drop us an email, nickdpodcast at gmail.com. We read every email. We listen to every voicemail. We play many of them back and read them uh, on the podcast as well. Hey, speaking of the podcast, my partner, Esmeralda Leon, who will be joining me a little bit later on, she and I are going to be live on stage at the Zanies Nightclub Comedy Club in Rosemont. Legendary place, Zanies in Rosemont. It's a live version of the Nick D podcast with lots of surprises and guests. My dad is going to get up at Zanies, a legendary comedy club and do a set and tell some jokes. My dad is going to tell some jokes live, so you need to be there. Uh, and we're going to be giving stuff away. It's just going to be a blast. We're going to record it. You will be a part of a podcast recording that'll be uh, that'll be recorded forever. So be there. We want to pack the place. So please, if you hear my voice right now, tell your friends, be there, and let's pack the place. Zanies and Rosemont on Tuesday night, November 15th at 7.30. Tuesday night, November 15th, 7.30, Zanies and Rosemont. It's the Nick D Podcast Live. Please pack the place. It's going to be so much fun. Esmeralda and I are so excited for the surprises and all the fun stuff that we're going to be doing. It's going to be interactive. You're going to be a part of it. So uh, get your tickets now. Zany's box office, 847-813-0484. Get your seats now. Reserve them now. 847-813-0484. Or you can go to the website. Get your tickets there at rosemont.zanies.com. Zany's and Rosemont, the Nick D Podcast, live Tuesday, November 15th at 730 Let's pack the place. Hey, I'm very excited. Coming up in just a couple of seconds, our old friend Marnie Shore is going to join us. First time on the podcast, but I've known her for many years. She writes for a website called The Takeout, all about food. We love to talk about food. We're going to do a taste test of some Halloween candy coming up, some weird stuff and some interesting stuff. And she's got other great food stories to talk about. As I mentioned, my partner Esmeralda Leon will be joining me. We are going to be talking about creepy movies that aren't horror movies. We're going to continue our spooktacular with visits from Count Farchula and some other really cool, fun stuff. And we're going to be talking about some weird uh, 
uh, weird, real weirdo, creepy actor and actresses, <laughs> uh, of which... Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show. She's not one of them. She's not a weirdo. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, I know Carrie. And I, I love you too. I love Nick's show. My dad's going to stop by and tell a joke as well. So all of that is coming up, and we're going to start with Marnie Shore from The Takeout and Talking Food, doing a taste test as well, after I say congratulations. Congratulations. You're about to listen to the Nick D Podcast. It's by far the best decision you've made today. It makes the other podcasts seem like crap. Oh yeah, don't be a jackal. All right, I am very excited to uh, to welcome to the podcast, first time on the podcast, but not the first time that I've talked to her, uh, a really wonderful writer and a very cool person, one of my favorite people, um, from The Takeout, which is a fantastic uh, website and blog and all kinds of really cool, a, a really great thing that is kind of an offshoot of The Onion, in fact, but it's all about food and it's a wonderful uh, website called The Takeout and one of the contributors uh, to The Takeout. Uh, is our our old friend uh, Marnie Shore. Marnie, welcome back, uh, and uh, it's great to talk to you again. How are you? Thanks, Nick. Good to talk to you. I'm doing great. How about yourself? Not bad. It's been too long. Uh, you 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 used to come down to the studio. Well, that was before we all had to wear masks and get shots and stuff. That's right. It was a little different back then, but yeah. uh, you know, it it was great, and uh, it's the best view in town from that building. So it, was, it, it is. Was always fun it talking is. to you. It was it was fun. Uh, I'm not there anymore, but it was fun while uh, while I was there. Um, so, uh, t- tell, t- for people who might not know, I'm familiar with it, obviously. And what is your your actual title at the Takeout, Marnie? Marnie? Yeah, I'm the managing editor at the Takeout. Okay. And uh, yeah, it's a it's a Chicago based food website, but it does take on national topics. Um, it's all about food. The tagline is "Food is delicious," so we want to celebrate it. We want to talk about the food people are actually eating. Um, not just the food that people aspire to make, like with the New York Times cooking section, maybe. Um, And so we talk about fast food and snack food and groceries and the stuff that people are really encountering every day. So real, like real people food related stuff. Yeah, yeah, not just the fancy stuff. <laughs> not the fancy stuff. Yes. Okay. Uh, excellent. And uh, this uh, is kind of an offshoot of the Onion. Now, did you start out writing at the Onion first? Is that how you started? Kind of. Um, so I worked as managing editor at the Onion actually uh, for several years, and while I was working at the Onion, um, our sister site, the Onion sister site, is the AV Club, another right. storied Chicago institution, and yep. the AV Club was kind of looking to get into the food game because you know food is pop culture in so many ways, and so. The AV Club had done a lot of stories about food that were quite popular, looking to spin off the website, and that's where the takeout was born. So, you know, everybody was under one roof. I got to get a sense of the takeout and eventually uh, come to work for it. Right. And it's interesting because I've had Nathan on the Nathan Rabin on the uh, on the podcast. Oh, yeah. uh, he's Absolutely. an old friend. Been on the show many times and has been on my podcast a couple of times. And, and he, too, also uh, wrote for the AV Club and wrote for The Onion and and now is just, you know, how many books does he have? 27 of them now, I think, at this point. <laughs> I could never keep track. The most <laughs> yeah. prolific writer. <laughs> did you work Did you work with Nathan when he was at, at, uh, at The Onion? Not directly, but uh, I had the best time sharing Nathan's stories all over the place. You know, whether it was writing about 
I don't know, it just every topic. It just seems like Nathan is Nathan's very good at becoming an expert on stuff and making <laughs> you so compelled by no matter what he's talking about. <laughs> That's true. It's very, very true. Well, what was your background before you started writing about food where you, uh, uh, when you were writing for The Onion, when you were writing for AV? What were some of the other things that you wrote about? Well, um, at the AV Club, I did cover podcasts. Um, there used to be a column called Pod Mass, and um, each week, you know, it's kind of a recommendation engine, uh, get people listening to shows they might not have heard about. Um, and that's really fun because podcasts, as you know, are kind of a wild west, right? Like, yeah. there's so many more podcasts out there than you could ever listen to in a lifetime. So it's fun to recommend some of the best ones. And, um, yeah, at The Onion, it was, <laughs> I mean, I was there for two elections, so covering election cycles with The Onion was always very fun. Um, yeah. And, and not so fun, as it were. Uh, but, yeah, I, I got to be there for both the 2012 and 2016 elections. Very different vibes for both of those. So that was imagine. kind of interesting to see how they compare and contrasted. And, yeah. and then, of course, and any number of other things, like the changing of the popes, you know, uh, any random crazy news stories that dropped uh we got to see it through the lens of the onion so that was fascinating yeah. uh the onion still uh for me uh the I, I don't know how they continue to do it because obviously it's not the same writers that were there many 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 years ago at madison um but they continue it continues to be the finest source for satire on the planet as far as i'm concerned like consistently absolutely and that shared dna kind of passes down through the generations of onion writers um and part of it is just the vetting process, you know, like uh, it's a 95 percent rejection rate on headlines and story ideas. So that's going to keep the quality up no matter what. Yeah, it's still the I mean, seriously, for me, it was, you know, um, obviously when I was when I was a kid, I read Mad Magazine and Cracked Magazine. And then when I got a little bit older, <laughs> you know, um, I would read, you know, other stuff. But for me. It, you know stuff like spy magazine i got into spy out of you know and 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 it seems it seems to me that the onion is kind of the heir apparent to that kind of national lampoon it was like national lampoon spy and then the heir apparent to all of that was the onion and the onion has been consistently brilliant for decades um and it's yeah it's, i love that stuff yeah and it's it's really inspiring like other publications across the internet at kind of a rapid pace which is exciting to see well, we're going to talk about food, obviously, the takeout. Where can people get the takeout? Where can people uh, check it out? What's the easiest way? Uh, Thetakeout.com. And we're on Twitter uh, and Instagram and Facebook as well. So okay. uh, wherever wherever you get your media. <laughs> okay, great. Well, we're going to talk about some food-related uh, stories and things like that. And then you and I are going to do a taste test. Now, taste tests are, 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 are a pretty popular thing on this podcast, Marnie. Um, my partner Esmeralda Leon and I love to do taste tests. In fact, last uh, on uh, two two episodes ago, Marnie, we did a taste test of pumpkin spice crap. <laughs> crap being the operative word, right? Right. We just went to no. So basically, we went to place. We went to a couple of places where we normally don't shop and grabbed a bunch of pumpkin spice flavored things and brought them home. Now we are going to be taste testing some candy stuff because it is October. It is Halloween time. It's my favorite month of the year, Marnie, and Halloween is my favorite holiday. Do you like Halloween? Are you a fan of Halloween? I love Halloween. Um, it just brings out such a fun side of people that you don't get to see the rest of the year. <laughs> yeah. You know, like when else are we all talking about like slasher films and, and, <laughs> and all the great stuff, you know? It's it's like a fun, uh, indiscreet part of the year for people's uh wild interests <laughs> yeah do you like horror movies are you a fan of those or or at least maybe at this time of the year 
oh, I love them. And I'd watch them so much more often if I had more people in my life who were into them. Um, but, you know, I've, I, I have like one, my, my horror movie friend decided to move across the country. And I'm like, well, what am I going to do now? <laughs> well, so, Marnie, you, know, you, can, you can call me anytime. Uh, yeah, that's I'm right. Not, I'm not kidding, Marnie. I'm the biggest horror fan in the world. This is my favorite time of year, um, and I love horror movies. And I've been posting uh, a horror movie review a day uh, for so so 30, 31 horror reviews I've been doing on on my YouTube uh, every day oh, this wow. month. Um, so have you seen you, the trailer? Have you seen the trailer for Megan? Yes, I have. Yeah, and what do you, what <laughs> what do you think? What are your thoughts about that one? <laughs> uh, it looks pretty cool. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, you know, I well, you know, the the, the thing about uh, so what, what have you seen lately that you like uh, horror movie wise? Real quick. Well, I finally did what I always said I was going to do, and I watched every single Nightmare on Elm Street. So Whoa. certainly nothing that's nothing new, right? Because yeah. the the last one came out in 2010, but it's yeah. all nine. So it's like the seven. Um, original sequence and then Freddy versus Jason and then the the remake from 2010 and it was right. a blast it's yeah. so much fun I mean Freddy's not not always scary but he's always fun to watch the first you know Robert Eng- I, I'm a, a, a host and one of the people that helps out at the flashback horror convention here in Chicago uh, and I've been Amazing. doing that I've been doing that for 20 years and uh, uh, Robert England was our main guest this year and uh, and he's been a part of the flashback weekend convention uh, I don't know. I think he's come eight or nine times, and he's an amazing dude. And boy, the people love him. It's unbelievable the crowds that he gets, and for autographs and for pictures, it's amazing. And no one else is ever going to have fame exactly like that again, you know. Yeah. And and I think that he's someone who just seems like to understand that and embrace it. It's another thing. Another interesting thing to, to that I noticed. Not only do people love Freddie, not only do they love Robert England, and he you know has tons of fans in that regard. But now he's got a whole new generation of fans. You know, obviously, you know, parents and, and, and relatives pass down the Nightmare on Elm Street thing to their kids. But then Stranger Things, uh, you know, came out this, this past year. And Robert Ingram's got a huge part uh, in that. And so there were a whole new generation of fans who had never really knew him until Stranger Things came out. And it was interesting to see all the different ages and all the different types of fans that were there to see him. Oh, that's that like warms my heart in the most Halloween way. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Well, before we get to the Halloween stuff, we've got some candies. I went out and actually purchased some candy that we will we will taste test and we'll explain what it is. But before that, let's get into some general sort of food stuff that you guys have been covering on the takeout lately. And again, the takeout.com uh, everywhere. Uh, fast food breakfast. Now, you guys have been writing about this for a little bit. Tell me specifically uh, the more recent entries and the more recent things that you guys have been writing about in terms of fast food breakfast, which is a thing that a lot of people get on their way to work yeah absolutely um so the state of fast food breakfast right now is very different than it was even two years ago and three years ago you know you can't even blame all of that on the pandemic um because breakfast has just proven uh too valuable for fast food joints to skip um to skip out on not everybody used to have a breakfast menu and now you're leaving money on the table if you don't design one. Uh, there are a few reasons for that. Um, Wendy's themselves explained it to us last year at a press event. Um, they were kind of celebrating the one-year anniversary of them introducing breakfast to the menu. Mm-hmm. But you see it with a lot of other chains, too. And part of it is the ticket size on breakfasts is pretty big. Uh, ticket size being the amount that one customer purchases 
uh, as their meal. Yeah. And that started to be noted during the pandemic because, of course, when people weren't going into the office, they might say, well, I'll still go to the drive-thru, get breakfast, and bring it back for everybody. You know, if we're all working from home and and doing school from home, I'll just go get breakfast for the family. And that really increased those ticket sizes and made it this valuable proposition. Um, But people are also more willing to stop for breakfast on the way into work, even if they're not someone who typically, you know, goes out for lunch, let's say, or who buys fast food for dinner. The the breakfast customer is kind of a different profile. It can be, you know, any shift worker. It can be um, the nine to five, like white collar worker. Breakfast is kind of uniting in that way. Yeah. Um, and uh, well, I should ask you, do you what's your relationship to fast food breakfast? Um, I, you know, I. I well because I you know I haven't worked in a while I, I mean I'm working from home now mm-hmm. um I my break my okay my my fast food breakfast consists now now that I'm on WLS uh AM on the Steve Cochran show every other Friday I uh I I, I always go down to the studio and uh right at the blue line stop where I get off I get off at Clark and Lake mm-hmm. um there's a McDonald's right across the street so I always have a quick bite at McDonald's for breakfast um, so there, that's pretty consistent. And McDonald's, I think if you, if you, you know, and, and, and I love fast food breakfast. If I'm up in the morning, I will stop someplace nearby uh, to grab it. But McDonald's, I, I, I would, I would guess is, are they the granddaddy of the, of, of the fast food breakfast? Well, they're the granddaddy of everything. Uh, oh, true. true. Just by virtue of, <laughs> right, by right. virtue of being number one in every right. uh, category. But, but yeah, they, they figured it out early and they've been really adaptable with their breakfast because you know thinking of it like 20 years ago 25 years ago and beyond it was much more of a sit-down concept you know you had the hot cakes and you know those those styrofoam trays of like the mcdonald's big breakfast right and it seems like they've pivoted much more to like handhelds and things that you can eat on the go or eat comfortably in the car um because they've kind of de-emphasized dining rooms as the epicenter of right. their operation. Right, right, right. But, uh, yeah, at Wendy's is kind of crushing breakfast in a way. Well, yeah. Because they've also really, like, played into coffee. You know, like, coffee culture is so big that if you can just convince people that you've got great coffee, right. they'll come to you. Right. Well, you know, that's, it's, it, it is interesting. Just a, a couple of minutes ago when you said that they were celebrating their year anniversary, I don't know why I was like, really, only a year? Because... I used to work at McDonald's, Marnie, and this was 40 years ago I worked at McDonald's, you know? Um, and no exaggeration. It was like 40 years ago I worked at, you know, like uh, almost 40 years ago. No, it was, in fact, 40 years ago I worked at McDonald's, <laughs> over 40 years ago. And they had the breakfast then, you know? Uh, yeah. And so to hear that Wendy's was celebrating one year to me seems like, wow. Um, I, I would just think that, I, I guess I just assumed that everybody had a fast food menu, but it, that's not the case. It, it, people did, other establishments took a long time to jump in. So, you know, I think part of it is that franchises can roll out breakfast in an inconsistent way, depending on the franchise model of the different sure, fast sure, food places. Sure, yeah. But about, it was, it was March of 2020 when Wendy's decided to, roll out a whole new menu, all these items at once, build it in as part of their brand, and sort of um, conquer the day part is kind of the industry speak for that, right? Because mm-hmm. they, they realized that mornings were just not when they were winning. Um, but yeah, what's and, and that's really, 
it's funny to think about what fast food breakfast looked like even three years ago because it was you you did think of McDonald's right and yeah. now I mean you can go to Taco Bell and get yourself a breakfast you can go to Wendy's and get an assortment of pastries or hot sandwiches um, McDonald's technically still has an all-day option but it's limited to pastries and coffee throughout the day after 11 a.m. Um, so the the type of breakfast changes. But yeah, it's it's just these places would be silly not to offer it because on top of everything else, it's very easy to do a simple breakfast that people want. You know, you don't have to reinvent the wheel here. People want eggs. They want cheese, maybe a carb, you know, like yeah, yeah. these things aren't hard and they're um, they're easy to get right. It's hard to screw up something like a McMuffin and uh, and coffee. And coffee has such a high uh, profit margin. You know, you're making it by the tureen. So it's just, it's kind of like, why wouldn't you be doing this? Right. Well, you know, do you have a favorite? Is there a fast food uh, uh, menu that is your favorite in the breakfast world? I gotta say, it's the McDonald's uh, sausage biscuit. Nothing on it. Just the sausage and the biscuit. Okay. <laughs> it's perfect. What is there? Is there something about I me mean, just specifically about about that that you like so much, or just because of the simplicity of it? Simplicity. Um, it's not messy because there's no like sauces coming out of it or anything. Um, right. And I just it's so like texturally, you know, when you get in something that pillowy from a fast food joint. Sure. Sure. Um, yeah, it's it's really good. Uh, do you have any favorites? My favorite at the McDonald's. I mean, I guess McDonald's is the one that I go to the most. So. The, the breakfast that I know the most uh, I, is the sausage egg McMuffin. So I prefer mm-hmm. I prefer the sausage to the Canadian bacon on the egg McMuffin. Uh, but it's a classic with the hash brown. And I don't drink coffee. I'm not a, I'm not a caffeine guy, so I do the orange juice. But that for me is my go to whenever I go to McDonald's. That's that's the thing I go to. Um, but yeah, the the biscuits are good. When I worked at McDonald's many 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 years ago, all they had was the egg McMuffin was the big one and the big breakfast and the hotcakes. That's pretty much all they had. Um, and I, I, I do remember this, that you always were told when you were training, you were always told to break the yolk while you were cooking it. Oh. Um, it, it, whenever you get an egg, uh, you know, uh, at McDonald's, uh, they're real eggs, by the way. I, I, I'm pretty sure they still do that. It's not an egg mix. It's an actual, we had real eggs. So when you made scrambled eggs, the scrambled eggs and sausage, that was real scrambled eggs. They were real. You were not, I, I don't know if that's changed yes. over the years. It hasn't. Um, certain eggs for certain dishes are kind of brought in in more of like a pourable pre-made mix mm-hmm. um, to sort of speed things along. Sure. But it's true that if you get the Egg McMuffin, it is like they're cracking the egg into that ring mold on yep. the flat top. Yep. But I didn't know they had to break the yolk. I wonder if that's because yolks freak people out. <laughs> well, no. You know what it is, Marnie? And I asked that immediately, as 16-year-old Nick did, uh, when, uh, when he was like, why, why aren't we breaking the yolks? And the reason why is because you don't want someone to bite into it and have yolk shoot all over the place. Oh, um, it's a practicality thing. It is. Okay. And it's also a heat thing. Like, they don't want hot yolk shooting all over somebody's hands or on their lips or whatever. So you break the yolk uh, so that you don't mix it. You don't turn it into a scrambled egg, but you break the yolk so that no one bites into it and has yolk shoot all over the place. And it, it's uncomfortable. It's, it's kind of messy and also hot. So that's why you break the yolk when you make an egg McMuffin. This is why McDonald's is king of breakfast yeah. because See that, they you really learn do think of everything. Learn something new every day. That was a, that was a, little, yeah. a little fact that I learned over 40 years ago, Marnie. I'm glad I can finally share it. 
<laughs> now I can share it on site as if it were my own insight. There you go. <laughs> Break that yoke so nobody gets burned. That's one of the, uh, one of the things. But yeah, I guess I, you know. The, and again, you said granddaddy of them all. But still, when I think when I think fast food breakfast, man, the first place that pops into my head, and I know that everybody, and I've had breakfasts, I've had breakfast at White Castle for God's sake. Um, but the first one I think of is is McDonald's, and that's the one I go to every Friday morning when I when I head down to WOLS Studios, right across the street from the train. Boom, I pop in, get a sausage egg McMuffin and hash brown, and I'm good. So, oh, it sounds so good. Yeah. Now, now here's another story you guys have been covering: the twenty-eight dollar Taco Bell lunch. Now, I, I and I've noticed, and and I believe everybody has, because since the pandemic and other reasons why and other things, uh, everything is more expensive now. Everything, including fast food. Um, you know, and sometimes you'll go to a fast food place and you'll order what you think is, you know, going to be cheap and you're dropping 12 bucks. And that I know that doesn't sound like a lot of money to a lot of people, but it's significantly more than it used to be. But twenty eight dollars for a Taco Bell lunch. Can you explain this, please, Mari? <laughs> yes. Uh, the, the figure twenty eight dollars. Whenever I hear it for the rest of my life now, I will think of Taco Bell because this story <laughs> just like. It absolutely consumed the internet for a I day. I bet, yeah, <laughs> for a day. You know, so, <laughs> as as the internet is ten exactly, to be a short that's a long time. Span. That's a long yeah. time, yeah. But there is like some context to it. I should say up front, he's not lying about his twenty eight dollar total. That okay. is real. He provided the the literal receipts for it. So um, this is a guy who went to Taco, or somebody you sent to Taco Bell, right? You guys said. <laughs> no, we, we, uh, so it was actually this clip that went viral on Twitter. Um, okay. Someone clipped it. It was clipped from Fox Business. So on Fox News, they were, Fox Business was talking about inflation and all of that. And right. there was a commentator on, um, a guy named Scott Martin, who contributes regularly to the network. And there's a video clip that you can see, um, on our article on the topic, but he said, you know, talk about inflation. I just went to Taco Bell for lunch and I had to spend $28 on my meal. Oh my God. And he was making a point about how inflation has gotten so bad that it's reached fast food, which is typically supposed to be cheap. But, you know, everyone else in the, um, on the program kind of stopped him and, and said, wait a minute. Can can you say that again? Like they thought they had misheard the $28 figure. Uh, so it's real, but uh, here's what he did. In our opinion, in the takeout's opinion, it was <laughs> a case of not ordering the way that Taco Bell invites you to order. Because right. Taco Bell is all about the combo meals and taking advantage of these yep. bundles of things. Yep. And when you order purely a la carte, you are spending more money. But the the order that this guy got, according to screenshots of his meal, he... You know, because everyone was accusing him of just making it up. He got one burrito supreme, added guacamole to that. Okay. He got the nachos belgrande, which is the entree-sized nacho. Mm -hmm. Got a Mountain Dew Baja Blast Freeze, sort of that slurpy thing. Right. Um, A nacho Doritos Locos Tacos Supreme. Jesus, this guy and, likes to eat. My God. <laughs> yeah, right? And a <laughs> and to top it all off, a Doritos cheesy gordita crunch with nacho cheese. Uh, oh, okay. That is... <laughs> is, is has anybody checked this guy's heart? Is he okay? What the hell? You know, I know. It appears to be quite a, a healthy, strapping lad. No kidding. But... <laughs> wow. 
Okay. It's, I think that much food would put me to sleep in the middle of the day, personally. Uh, yeah. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, and and you know that's a lot of different items yeah. that you can usually you know if you get the five dollar craving box, for example, right, you can get like three of those things combined into a five dollar right cost. But right. you know, I'm I'm looking at his totals, and and the other piece of context is. Based on some sleuthing that we did around the internet, our best guess is that this guy was going to a, a Taco Bell cantina location. Yeah. Now, those are the locations that serve, like, alcoholic beverages, and those always have higher menu prices. Right. Um, sort of to cover – usually they're in high-traffic areas and yep. – you know they're on some prime real estate, so you've yep, got. Yep, I go to the, I go to the one. I go to the one. There's one by the screening room downtown on Wabash near Lake. I go to that one all the time. And yes, the prices are a little bit jacked up because it's a, it is a cantina. Yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. That might, in fact, be exactly the location that we suspect he went to. <laughs> oh, is that right? Uh, we're not sure. We're not sure, but we have our guesses. Um, okay. okay. We, we didn't write it any, anywhere. It's yeah, not it's, confirmed, Wa- it's Wabash. But... It's Wabash, just south of Lake. It's. Right yep. there. Yep, that's that's the one that I go to on a regular basis. So, I mean, yeah, and so if you get a Nachos Bel Grande at that location, that's going to cost you more than seven dollars. Absolutely. And yep. You know, just looking at the prices on his receipt: six dollars for that burrito supreme, seven dollars for the nachos, four dollars for the Baja Blast, five nineteen for the gordita. I mean, these things kind of add up in in a way that's not very intuitive. True. Um, so, this guy did pay, and well, and. The menu total on the receipt is twenty five forty. So twenty eight includes what we can assume is tax and tip. Right. So like you can spend it, but you don't have to. And no. so it's not really a story about inflation. It's more it's, a story about how to get ripped off in the loop. <laughs> it, that's <laughs> or just how to be dumb in the loop. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Is is that I mean? Because there's a way that you can eat a good amount of money at Taco Bell and not spend twenty eight bucks. You know, you're gonna you know like if you go to Taco Bell, especially a Candida. Uh, uh, you know, a uh, cantina uh, location, uh, uh, you know, on, you know, in the loop, you're going to drop almost 10 bucks. That's just going to be, mm-hmm. that's going to be the case. Uh, but, but, you know, that's more than double that. It's almost triple that. And that's just absurd. So, yeah. Yeah. I it's not the cautionary tale that we're imagining. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. It's just a guy being dumb. That's all. Uh, yeah. and, so there, there we go. And that's, and it's also a very hungry guy. Like he spent a twenty eight dollar like that like one of those things that he bought would be enough for me, you know what I mean? Like one, Truly. one of those things, you know, like one. And I would not, I wouldn't get a Baja. What, what did he get? Like the crazy Mountain Dew? What blast? The thing? Baja Blast Freeze. Yeah. No, no, just get a you know a Sprite or something. So you can get the burrito and a Sprite. Maybe I get sometimes I get the potatoes. You know, with the with the, the oh, side of the yes. side of potatoes. I get those. I get like a burrito and a side of potatoes. Blah blah blah. Seven fifty eight bucks. You know what I mean? So yep. it's $20 less than Crunchwrap Supreme. Spending. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. If so. you can get like one heavy item, you're better off than getting a bunch of littler ones. Exactly. Uh, he's just a dummy. I think we've discovered, Marnie, that he's a dummy. I think that's what we figured it out. We figured it out. Okay. Uh, let's do a taste test there. It's Halloween. It's our favorite time of year. Uh, before we do that, uh, let's talk about the very worst Halloween candies. Now, this, is, um, this has been an argument, um, Marnie. For years. This has been a topic. What are the best Halloween treats to, to get and to give? What do you love? What do you hate? Uh, you guys have been writing about this. What, what, what are the latest things that people hate in the Halloween candies category? Well, you know what's funny about that? 
The thing that people seem to hate most and loudest this year, it's not anything that's actually new on the market. It's like people turn their tractor beams of hatred toward different things every year to keep the conversation spicy. And this year, it's those... I think they're called peanut butter kisses. Are you familiar with these? Peanut butter kisses. Do they come in black uh, black and, and orange black plain wrapper? That's the one. Yeah, I know, I know <laughs> it's them. A, yeah, yeah, it's like a peanut butter taffy. Right. Um, and it's in like a waxy orange and black wrapping. And, and funny enough, the wrapping gets kind of weirdly greasy. If you've ever unwrapped one of those, you notice it's kind of greasy. I don't know if that's because of the peanut butter inside, but yeah. uh, people are just so ready to hate on those this year. That's That seems to be the big one. Do we know why people are hating on People are choosing to hate on those? Uh, you know, and it seems like, Marnie, you know, you've been covering food for a long time. It seems like whenever you talk about um, people hating certain Halloween candies, it's always the old ones. Like, that's old. I mean, that's been, you know, that, that, that what we're talking, what are they called? Peanut butter kisses? What are they called? I think so. I, that's, yeah. that's kind of the unofficial name. <laughs> and, they're, and the solid but- black or solid orange wrapping is what they, what they come in. And those have been around for like a century. <laughs> and right. then people, people bitch about candy corn and they bitch about you know, like a lot of the old candies. But that's the, that's the old standby that everybody goes to that they hate. But, but for, this, for, for this year, that's what people seem to be zoning in on, huh? Yeah, you're right. It is always like the different rotations of quote-unquote old people candy. Yeah. Um, the stuff that's been around the longest, because we see that with Necco wafers. You know, those have been around right. since the start of the 20th century. Um, uh, circus peanuts, um, you know, raisinets, yeah. these classic things. I guess on the one level, they've just been around long enough to garner multiple generations of people who dislike sure. them. Sure, But I don't know. I think... You know, palettes change across the decades, and candy's gotten a lot sweeter and a lot less botanical. You know, like root beer barrels, people used to love those things, and now yeah. I think a lot of people are put off by them. I like them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I like them, and I like the peanut butter uh, kisses, too. I like those, too. I don't know. I do, too. I do, yeah. too. What, and, it, uh, it, any, anything else uh, pop up on that people don't like? Have, have you guys done a survey on that? Well... A lot of people agreed with us when we said that uh, raisins should take no form in a Halloween basket, whether it's raisinets <laughs> or whether it's a chunky bar or any of these places where or, or little boxes of raisins. Um, yeah. Most people seem to. That's a consensus opinion, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, the box of raisins that you would get, that was always a joke. Like, oh, damn it. They gave me it's it's it's. <laughs> It's uh, it's like you know like the people who hand out boxes of raisins are also the kind of people that will give you pennies. Uh, yeah. When I was a, yeah. And and toothbrushes. Remember when they would give you little toothbrushes and little toothpastes? Well, that's just a lecture. Yeah, <laughs> it's, that's not a Halloween package. No, no, that's not fun. How is it fun? I don't. I don't know. Well, uh, I, I talked to the Sun Made people this year. Okay, because Please, I talked tell to me them about. about you know, yeah. uh, they actually last year, they mounted a real haunted house called Raisin House because the joke was there's nothing scarier than getting raisins for Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> and so I talked to them about it. And yeah. uh, one of their heads of marketing, he said, he's like, what, you know, we're OK being hated on Halloween because people really like us 364 days a year. That's OK. We'll we'll lean into being the villain sure. on Halloween. Why not? Yeah, I yeah. thought that was pretty nice. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm. A, I'm. Not, I'm not. I don't dislike raisins. In fact, I like raisins very much. And 
And even when I was a kid, I'm always a weird kid, Marnie, because I was never, <laughs> my parents never had any uh, trouble feeding me. Like I, like I loved vegetables. I, spinach is still my favorite and was my favorite when I was growing up. So uh, liver and onions, loved it when I was a kid. And anything that, what? I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. <laughs> I was a very, what about you? So, so that just seems, you seem shocked by that. I am. I mean, just the, I, I can't even picture a child eating the things you're saying. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I love weird, it, though. I was a weird kid. I mean, I'm weird now, but I guess maybe that's, that explains some things. <laughs> but I never had any issues. Like, when I got, when I, when someone gave me, you know, raisins when I was a kid um, for Halloween, I'd be like, okay, I like raisins. I, I guess I would have preferred candy, but I'm not going to diss on raisins. I like them. Um, Did anyone put liver and onions in your basket? No, I would have been very happy. No, you know what? Seriously, spinach. Spinach would have made me very happy. A can of spinach. A can of Del Monte spinach would have made me very, very happy. So, Oh, Popeye. Um, do you have a favorite Halloween candy? Do you have a favorite candy in general that you, that you love? Oh, wow, there's, there's so many. But, um, I mean, predictably, I have to say, like, Reese's, pumpkins um, – is a classic. Yeah. The, the peanut butter and chocolate combo is just always going to be so good. Always good. Hey, um, let me ask you this, Marnie. My favorite candy bar ever, and my favorite, like, you know, the, the fun size candy bars now that you can get, obviously. My favorite candy bar of all time is Take Five. Is Oh, you so the salty sweet thing, right? Oh, my God. It's the <laughs> best. It's the best. Do you like the Take Five, Marnie? I fought the sweet and salty combo for the longest time. I hated it growing up. And then as an adult, I was like, wait a minute. If I can embrace sweet and savory, I can eat twice as many types of candy, right? That's exactly right. <laughs> so. that's, ex- that's the way, way you've got to look at it. No, the Take 5 is the best candy bar ever. And, and they, do have, they didn't have it in fun size for a long time, but now they do. So uh, Maybe I'll yeah. get that for the trick-or-treaters this year. You should, oh, they will love you. Oh, you will, yeah. they will, you will, have, repeat, you will have repeat visitors. <laughs> If you give well, them I can't take afford five. repeat visitors. I was going to say, you're going to have a line around the damn block. If you're, <laughs> it's going to be like you're selling Harry, Harry, Harry Styles tickets are on, are on sale at your place. That's what it's going to be like. That's the kind of ticket you're going to have. No, I love the Take Five. And, uh, but in, in general, uh, Marty, do you have a favorite candy bar when you were growing up? Do you have a favorite candy bar that you love now? So I'm a big fan of going to old-timey candy stores and seeing what you can get there that you can't get anywhere else. But there are some old and regional candies that are still the best. I don't know if you've ever heard of this one. It's called, it's made by the company Boyer. And they make mallow cups, if you've ever seen those. Sure, of course. Love them. Yeah. Boyer makes something called a smoothie. And it's peanut butter cups, but instead of chocolate on the outside, it's butterscotch. Oh, God. <laughs> and they are awesome. Oh, and I could just eat those all day God. long. God. Oh, man. <laughs> now, are they are they sold? Like, could I, I have a Walgreens 600 feet from where I'm sitting right now? <laughs> I don't think Walgreens sells them. But, Damn like, it. Any, independent, <laughs> any independent candy store will have them. Like, so if Amy's I, like, Candy on, like, Damon, I know yeah, they have them because oh. I buy up the whole supply. <laughs> oh, okay. 80s Candy on Damon. Does Margie's have it? Oh, that's a good question. It seems like the thing that would be at Margie's for sure. Yeah. I haven't okay. checked them there though. Yeah, I, I was just I was just at Margie's the other night having some ice cream because uh, I gotta try them. Boyer smoothies. Boyer smoothies. Yeah, I'm Margie's in. is the best. Oh my god, that place! Oh, and it's always <laughs> packed. Doesn't matter. Always packed. Rightfully so. Rightfully Absolutely. so. Absolutely. Oh, it's just the best. And it's right by the train. It's right by the blue line. Oh, it's so easy to get to. I love that place. <laughs> 
It's ridiculous. All right, I've written down smoothies, and I will be, I will be, I will be chowing. And I have, the, I'm a big fan of the of their other products, so I'm gonna, I'm definitely gonna check that out. Okay, yeah, are we ready for a take? Marnie, it's always a lot of fun. Every time you would come down to the studio, you'd bring stuff, and we would have. What, what, what were some of the things we tasted? Tested hot chocolate. Um, what were some that of the was things? such an elaborate production with it all was those little Tom, cups of Tom hot Hush. chocolate. Tom Hush, my ex producer, who by the way is now the producer of the Steve Cochran Show, of which I am a part of now. But he produces the Steve Cochran Show every morning, five thirty to nine o'clock on WLS AM Morning Drive. Uh, Tom is the producer of that show, uh, but he prepared all the hot chocolate for us. Went well, and we have we we did. What were some of the other ones that we did, Marnie? Do we remember? Gosh, um, we did something. What did we taste? I, I the the hot chocolate one sticks out because it was so confusing to have to taste like ten hot chocolates yeah. that your brain is just like frazzled by all right, of them. Right, 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 right. But yeah. there was a candy. There was. We did. We, we tasted. Candy. Oh, man. I can't remember now. Well, I, I could ask Tom when I see him the next time I see him. We'll figure it out. But let's do a taste test now. Explain. Let's, let's do the. Uh, well, explain what smart sweets are because, I, I, you know, you sent, me, uh, you sent me a note and everything. and said, hey, we'll try smart sweets. Apparently, this is like a, this is a big thing now. And you know what, uh, Marnie, I have to tell you, I've been going to the movies a lot lately because the Chicago International Film Festival is happening now. So I've been going to see a lot of movies, and there have been a lot of people in them. And I notice now, I notice people eating Smart Sweets. And I never, Do ever noticed really? it. Yeah. I never, ever noticed it before you sent me this email talking about what we're going to be taste testing. And so I've been actively looking for Smart Sweets. Tell everybody what Smart Sweets are. Yeah. So Smart Sweets are one of those up-and-coming brands that even if you haven't heard the name, you've probably seen the label. They're at right. Target. They're at convenience stores. I saw them at a truck stop in New Hampshire. You know, they're, they're oh, everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was kind of shocked, but I was wow. impressed. Okay. Yeah. So Smart Sweets are um, the the tagline on this this stuff is kick sugar, keep candy. Yeah, I'm looking at so, it right now. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're very proud of the formulation that they have found that only has, you know, two grams of sugar per serving, three grams of sugar, something, you know, very low. They keep it low. It's plant-based, gluten-free, no sugar alcohols added. Um, And that means, you know, sometimes sugar alcohols that that you'd find in sugar-free sweets um, can have kind of a licorice-y aftertaste to them. Um, But the, you know, the ingredients are, quote-unquote, clean. That's like a big term right now, meaning, you know, there's not artificial colors and flavors um and the business is female founded that's something that they're really proud of okay cool uh, so yeah they are just kind of exploding everywhere right now no. um they I have, have like a big tr- social media presence too oh they do okay so it, so i mean obviously if you look up smart sweets it's everywhere now i bought three of these three different flavors i've got the peach rings the sweet fish which look like your swedish uh fish and the sour blast buddies so I guess those and are like those, the Sour Patch Kids, but they're, they're yeah, like yeah. that's that's kind of the best part about these is that they're kind of trying to habituate you to sugar, low sugar stuff by saying like you love this candy. Here's right. the equivalent. I mean, gotcha. legally they can't say these are right. Sour Patch Kids, but like it's it's pretty clear, right? <laughs> it's pretty clear that this is a Swedish fish and those are Sour Patch Kids. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> they're ver- okay. Well, let's taste this now. You have the same flavors that I have, right? Correct. Yes. Which bag should I crack open first? Okay. Here? Let's try peach rings first. Okay. And it's, now, do uh, you like regular peach rings? Uh, I've never. I don't think I've ever had peach rings before. 
Oh, really? I mean, I've had oh, peach. I've had best. peach. I've had peach candy, but I've never really had mm-hmm. the peach rings. Yeah, um, like the Haribo peach rings. They're pretty great. Yeah, the Haribo. That's a whole company. Obviously, we see the commercials where people are talking like children uh, on the commercials. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's Smart Sweets peach rings, um, and I have one in my hand now. Should we try it, or are you ready? Yeah, let's try it. All right, here we go. All right. Hmm. Hmm. Well, it's certainly uh, got the consistency. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Mm-hmm. Consistency-wise, I actually think I prefer it because it's not extra springy the way that like gummy bears are. Right. Mm-hmm. It kind of, it kind of is more like yielding to your teeth, if that makes sense. It, yeah. No. No. It's no. It absolutely makes sense. And I will say this. It's surprising that there's so little sugar in this. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it so this very, one has it's very sweet. Total sugars, three grams, zero grams of added sugar. Um, and I'm just looking at the ingredients because, yeah, it's it's very sweet, but it doesn't have that licorice note afterwards quite so much. Yeah. Um, oh, I see. Okay, stevia leaf extract. Okay. So stevia being, you know, the... Um, the, the low sugar sweetener for coffee and stuff mm-hmm. like that that people use. Fruit and vegetable juice. So they're kind of leaning into like yeah. whatever's already sweet. All right. That, that was yeah. tasty. I can see people. I can Pretty see good. why people are going. All right. Now, you want to try the sweet fish? Sure. Let's try the sweet fish. All right. So it looks like a Swedish fish, but it's not. Try that. Let's see here. Hmm. Okay. This one, not as flavorful. Yeah, you're right. Not as flavorful. Um, and also, um, I will say this, a little bit more obviously uh, with no real sugar. You can, you can kind of taste the, the fact that there's, no, that there's really no sugar in it. Like you can you can taste the work that's being done yeah. to keep the sugar out of it. Absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, very, very sticky. Um, yeah. There's a lot of that left in my teeth right now. <laughs> yep. yep. Um, so the sweet fish, which, I vote. I vote no on the sweet fish. I guess I like the. Uh, I like that it's not trying too hard to be sweet, but yeah, after a whole bag, you might not feel satisfied. Right. Okay. Yeah. These the sour blast buddies. Now I must say this: I'm not a big fan of the sour, of the sour thing. Uh, of any sour candy? I'm not a big, like, the big, the, the more sour it is, the uh, the harder it is for me to like. Yeah. So let me try this. Sour Blast Buddies. Three grams of sugar. Um, okay. Well. Well, it's certainly not that sour, is it? It's not. No, it's not. <laughs> it's also not that flavorful. <laughs> it's also not that flavorful. It's not sour or blasty. <laughs> Sour Blast Buddies. It uh... is neither of those things. Yeah, <laughs> and it's not my buddy, so uh, I don't know. Um, yeah, yeah. It it's funny. Like sourness shouldn't be too hard to replicate, except that like citric sugar might be too too much added sugar. So maybe That's, they're mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Well, uh, of, of the three that we taste tested, um, I, I can tell you where I stand. Um, mm, yeah, where do you? Which one do you like best? By far, the peach rings. By far. Hmm. 
What about you? I think I think I have to go with the Sour Blast Buddies only okay. because they don't stick. It, they're like the easiest to eat because they're smaller and they don't gotcha. stick to your teeth as much. Gotcha. They're just, it's all just kind of difficult to eat. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But well, it's impressive so, but these, what they've been able to do. Oh, no, no. God bless them. And, and I think it's great in the fact that, you know, obviously, like I said, I've noticed now, because you alerted me to this to this product, I've noticed a lot of people eating them. Um, yeah. And, you know, and, and obviously it's a, it's, a, it's a cool company, the way it started and what they're trying to do and all that cool stuff. And uh, as far as I can tell, the peach rings are, to, are, 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 quite, are, quite, are quite delicious, in my opinion. So yeah, I, I'll be interested to see where this company goes. I think yeah. I think you'll start seeing them in even more places soon. Smart sweets, smart sweets. Okay, all right. Now Brock's. Now that's not a company that nobody's <laughs> nobody's worried about. Brock's making any money? Um, no. But Brock's has uh, is has made a ton of. I mean, Brock's is legendary. Everybody grew up eating Brock's candy, um, and now they've made candy corn. But tell everybody about the candy corn we're about to taste. What? <laughs> Yeah, so Brock's has kind of hit upon this goldmine of an idea in the social media era. Why not do, like, stunt bags of flavor lineups, right? Because right. if you feel one way about candy corn, maybe you'll like this other kind. And so, as you had said uh, before, there's the, the Thanksgiving. Was it Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> right, which is like cranberry... Uh, apple or yeah, cranberry. I think apple pie, and then there's turkey gravy and a stuffing flavored corn candy corn. Now, when you ate the turkey ones, I mean, did it taste like turkey? I I didn't I didn't have the bravery to try those. All right, I, I well yes I and again I don't know what the hell it is. I enjoyed those too. Uh, I've um, <laughs> and yes, it did it did some like I remember the what I remember the most was that the. The stuffing tasted most like the, the stuffing candy corn tasted most like stuffing. Uh, the the ones that stood out. I mean, obviously the apple one is not too far from you know it, it being actual candy. Um, right. But the stuffing and the gravy were the ones that stood out as the being the ones that worked the most. Hmm. Well, I, I, who knows what their innovation process looks like? But in this bag, the tailgate bag uh, right. for the fall season, they've got and. So they list the flavors on the bag, but they don't really tell you which one's which. So you've got fruit punch, vanilla ice cream, hot dog, hamburger, and popcorn. Right. So two sweet, three savories, and they're all mixed up in the same bag. (laughs) Yeah, and I just pulled a bunch of them out and put them on the table here. Now, I don't know what's what, so I'm going to try. And they do the same thing uh, in the Thanksgiving one. They kind of mix them all up, and you just have to eat them and go, I don't know what this is, but we'll try it. So it's Russian you've got roulette. Free, yeah, exactly. Russian roulette candy corn. You've got fruit punch, vanilla ice cream, hot dog, hamburger, and popcorn as part of the tailgate Brock's candy corn. So let's try one here. What color have you got here? I've got it's a tri, it's the tricolor with the. Okay. All right, we're gonna try right. one. This, geez, I don't even know what this is. Hot dog, maybe. <laughs> I think I got vanilla ice cream, so I'm feeling lucky right now. <laughs> All right. I think I got hot dog. Let me try this. All right. Oh, this is vanilla ice cream. Okay. The white one is so vanilla ice cream. So how is the hot cream. dog? The hot dog, not oh, very God. good. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I think I got hamburger. Okay. Let me try one here. Ooh. Try the next one. It's. How yeah. is it? 
Well, it's like really, really savory for a second. And then it becomes just like a normal candy corn, which thank God. <laughs> All right. I just got I got fruit punch. Well, I had a popcorn, a popcorn and fruit punch in my mouth at the same time. <laughs> um, um, oh, yeah. No, fruit punch is actually really good. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, no, let me try this one. That's an improvement on regular candy corn, I think. Well, I got the hamburger. Yeah, yeah, it's it's like earthy, oh. right? Yeah. Oh earthy? man, that's not good. <laughs> the ham- man, the hamburger one. I'm not <clears throat> not too not too big on the hamburger one. Um, oh, God. did you get a hot dog one yet? I think that's <laughs> what I'm working through right now. <laughs> I I don't understand how. They can pack this much savory flavor into, like, sugar crystal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Oh. Oh, my God. It's, like, filling my whole, like, sinuses. (laughs) Yep. Me, too. Okay. Well, I think we we tasted all of them. So, um, the hot dog and the hamburger one's uh, noticeably bad. Um, Popcorn one was good. Did you get a popcorn one? No. Are those also white? They're white, yeah. Wait a minute. Let me try. No, that's vanilla. I think the popcorn is white, but it has like a... It looks like a a kernel of corn. It's like a yellow top. Oh, I got one right here. Let's see. It's white with a yellow top. Yeah, that's the the I mean, that's kind of foul, but like after hot dog and hamburger, I will take it, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And they know that. They know we're going to keep coming back for more. That's a ringing endorsement. Um, <laughs> well, okay. Well, the tailgate candy corn with your hot dog, hamburger, popcorn, vanilla ice cream, and fruit punch. You know, once you get past the initial sort of flavor, it just ends up tasting like candy corn. You know what I mean? For better or for worse, depending on your thoughts about candy corn. I happen to love candy corn, so I'm good. <laughs> well, yeah, you love liver and o- liver and onions. <laughs> I can only imagine that. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that true. extends to candy so, opinions. Um, the hot dog and the hamburger is a little off-putting. They're pretty strong, especially the uh, – was it the hot dog one that really kind of uh, – Lingers. Lingers. Um, it's a good thing I have a glass of water here. Wow. All right, so overall, <laughs> what would you what, – where would you rate the tailgate as a product? Is it, I mean, is it selling well? Well, I don't have the data on that, but anecdotally, everyone I know – knows about this candy corn it, ah. you know it's sitting right on the shelf with all the halloween stuff it yep. stands out because it's got that green bag it looks like a football field and yep it's got um, the goal posts and um yeah, yeah. they so, uh, they know how to engineer their own virality at brock's you know i think that they know that even if people are grossed out that's all all publicity is good publicity <laughs> absolutely right Absolutely true. Well, I, I, you know what? I'm, I'm a fan of candy corn. I'm a, I, I'm a backer of candy corn. And ultimately, you know, once you get past that first, like, is this a hamburger? And it's gone. It just is like candy corn. So I'm, I, I'm, I'm pleased with the, with the, with the, with the Brock's tailgate. I'm okay. With Will it. you finish the bag? You think? Um, this is a big bag. I mean, this is like, a, <laughs> this is, uh, how many? This is eleven ounces of. 11 ounces of candy corn. Yeah, I'll probably finish it. <laughs> <laughs> now I'll give it to the guy who paid $28 for a Taco Bell because that guy can eat everything. So That's right. Sure, he won't I'm bat sure, an eye. I'm sure you can finish it. Well, listen, this has been so much fun, Marnie. Yeah, and again, everybody can it. go to thetakeout.com, right? Yep. 
Yep. And you, Takeout.com. And is there anything uh, really quickly that you want to talk about to, really quickly to plug that you guys are working on? That's something that's going to be posted soon? Well, just for the rest of the month, we'll be posting our favorite uh, Halloween candies and Halloween-related stories. So if you want to get into the spirit of that season, we've got you covered. All right. Great. And that's thetakeout.com and Mari Schur, managing editor uh, of The Takeout. Hey, the next time you're going to join us, uh, we'll be right in the thick of uh, November, and we'll do a th- well, how about a Thanksgiving-themed uh, takeout episode? How about that? That sounds perfect. Okay, I'd love it. Okay, great. Marnie, you're the best. Thank you so much, and it was great to talk to you again, and we'll talk to you next month, okay? Thank you so much. Talk to you soon. Okay, Marnie, take care. Uh, Marnie Shore uh, from The Takeout. Check out thetakeout.com. Fantastic food-related website. And uh, all of the Halloween stuff is there. Read it all. And do your own taste tests. Uh, they're a lot of fun. And, uh, yeah, we've done a lot of taste tests with Esmeralda. And uh, that's who we're going to say hi to right now. It's Esmeralda Leon. Esmeralda. Yeah. Esmeralda Leon. Esmeralda Leon. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. Hi, Esmeralda. Hi. And uh, and uh, and Skaggs also says yeah. Yeah. Man. yeah. <laughs> so, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm okay. I've been busy at the Chicago International Film Festival. is in its full swing. It goes all the way until Sunday. Started on um, Wednesday night, and I don't. I don't even know. Honest to God, Esmeralda, I don't know how many movies I've seen. I've lost. I've lost count. I've noted. I've seen all the the posts you do about the movies you've been seeing. Between the critics, do you live in the theater now? Well, it's insane. The River East has. I may as well pitch a tent at the River East. Like, did Um, you just come home to record and then you're like going back home? Well, tonight, no, actually, tonight I'm going to the music box to see something that's not part of the film festival. Oh, okay. Your other home then. My other home, (laughs) of which actually the Chicago International Film Festival is. They they have stuff happening there too at the music box as well. Well, there you go. Um, But I'm going to see The Car, which is this ridiculous mm. movie from 1977 that Svengoolie has shown a couple of times mm-hmm. uh, with James Brolin about a, a, a mysterious car that shows up in a small town possessed by the devil killing people. No. Oh. It's a car. And it's just running people over. I'm killing, running people over. It's possessed by the devil. The only way to get away from it is if you go into the graveyard because the graveyard is hollowed ground and it won't drive on it. Won't drive. <laughs> How does it know? Because <laughs> it's the devil, man. Don't fuck around. What and if... The, um, and the car, wait, can the, you go into churches? Uh, no, it won't go into church. It won't. No hollowed ground. None of that shit. Wait, but, but why, it, is the, why is the cemetery hollowed ground? I guess because it's been blessed. Also, what does that I mean? <laughs> that it's the devil won't go in there. He's he the car, but the car the car itself is like this insane car that was built for the movie, and it was des- it's an awesome mm-hmm. looking car. If you ever look it up, if you Google it, the car nineteen seventy seven James Brolin is the star. <laughs> so Mister Barbara Streisand is the star uh, from nineteen seventy seven, and uh, it's a legendary, terrible seventies 
movie that they have a 35 millimeter print and they're showing it in the big theater for some, for some reason. Um, and the car itself was actually designed by the legendary guy who designed the, the, the Adam West Batmobile. Oh. He designed the Munsters car. He designed, uh, God, I mean, so many. Like, this is, this is the legendary guy who yeah, designed. Yeah, I could see it. <laughs> and so that's the he designed that he designed the car yeah. the devil car in the car yeah i i can i can see the yeah <laughs> the influence like batmobile monsters right. like i can right. see it yeah so but anyway the movie's ridiculous and i'm going to see yeah. that by the movie. way hollowed the definition means made holy yeah consecrated greatly revered and honored so wouldn't a church also be hollowed yeah no it didn't i don't don't remember if that, there are no scenes in a church but it, I, there's He's not a breaking big, through they're not breaking through church doors no he but he <laughs> won't go like he's running a whole bunch of the cars run a whole bunch of people over and they only get and it and it will not charge and it drives through windows it, like at one point there's a woman on the phone going i think i hear the car and you see the headlights <laughs> coming towards her front window and it drives through the front window and kills her. You know what I mean? It drives. In I mean, she should just go up to the second floor. Yeah, she's a, well. She, she the, <laughs> that would save you, I think. It would. Uh, there's not a lot of logic in this movie, Esmeralda. It's about the. It's about a, be like. A, how about you just don't stay on the first floor where the car can come through and just stand on the phone until the car is. I mean, you can you can see the car, and she's on right. the phone. I think I hear it, and the audience is like, okay. "Hey, asshole, well, turn around!" The headlights it's right are right there. So, but anyway, all I know is like they all go into the graveyard and the car is all pissed off. It's like revving, but it can't go through the gates because it's all, it, cause, and then somebody figures it out. I think it can't come in because it's hollowed ground. Like, how the fuck do you figure that out? Anyway, so I'm going to see that the movie tonight. Interesting. And I think there's, I think there's actually going to be a big crowd for it. I, I, I don't know. That's but no, funny. I've been. I've been seeing just a shit ton of movies and some yeah. really some really great stuff and I was and some stuff I was telling you before we started recording mm-hmm. some stuff that's just demolished me emotionally. Yeah. I mean my god. I so I don't know what they're trying to I mean to I do. also saw that you had seen one of my favorite movies, Cemetery Man. Oh. Wait a minute, that's one of your favorite movies as well? I love that movie. Oh wait, cuz you know I mean it is it is Halloween. Wait a minute. Yeah. Okay, wait a minute. Now, I am I am astonished and and I love the fact that you love Cemetery Man. Tell me about That movie you, is so good. Tell me about how why, you How did why? you see it? I don't remember. I think I saw it on TV, like yeah. on cable at some <laughs> point. And I was like this is the most amazing movie. I yeah I did I did I saw it on K on like a movie channel or whatever, and then <laughs> I I never saw it again. Oh, you've only seen it and one I time. knew about it. Yeah, I never saw it again. And then one day I was working, so I used to work for Camel, like in right. the early two thousands. I used to work for well, like mid two thousands. I worked for Camel doing um. Like you did like coupons yep. or like free packs of cigarettes or whatever, but I was in um, convenience stores or in smoke shops. And one day I was at the Seven Eleven on Halstead, like Halstead and Roscoe, yeah, and yeah. they had movies. They were selling. They had some movies there, and I was just looking through them, and Cemetery Man was in there. <laughs> I was so excited. 
I mm-hmm. so I bought it because I knew I'd I'd already seen the movie, but then I'm just like, yay, I own it now. Yeah, yeah. And then I believe I lent it to someone, and they never gave it back. Oh shit! Really? I know. And then recently, how did I come across it again? I forget where I bought it, but I found it again and I bought it. I, I might have been like, what the... is it? What is it about the movie that you love so much? I well, mean... one Rupert Everett. I yeah. love Rupert Everett. Yeah. Yeah. Young Rupert well, I mean, that's, that's by on. the way that by the way that's one of, that's probably one of the reasons why it was selling at the Boys Town Seven Eleven. Probably, that's probably, probably. they. I think they would. Yeah. Still, though, it was a weird like cemetery no. man. Like, yeah. why is this here? No, there's a big gay following. That movie has a big because oh, Rupert Everett, but it has a it has a huge gay following. That movie does. Um, Interesting. I mean, yeah, it I get it. But yeah. it also seems a little too obscure to be at the Seven Eleven. It is, you know and what I mean. Also, it's also a very, you know, like there's a lot of there's a lot of quality boobs in that movie, um, right? Oh my god! But you women. know, there's also just n- naked, half naked Rupert Everett. Oh yeah, ass naked uh, Rupert yeah. Everett, and sh- I mean, he's shirtless. Th- yeah, th- like more than a third of the film, he's shirtless. Yeah. But I love his I love his partner. I love his fat partner. Uh Yeah. Uh Nanny. I forget his name. Nanny, yeah. I think. It's, I love Ugh. him. I just saw it last night. I I'm so thrilled that you love that movie. Um That movie is so good. I mean, it's it's hilarious. It's, it is, and it's a zombie movie and it's mm-hmm. gory and See it's again. made by it's made I love by, me some zombies. I, I know you do, and it's made by an Italian <laughs> you know, an, a, mm-hmm. an Italian gore master. It's sort of weirdly dubbed. It's really weird and very funny. And then it has a really, I think, poetic and like beautiful ending. <laughs> I love the ending. And I, I, I love that. I love that you love that movie, Esmeralda. That, that makes me very so happy. Good. And it had a beautiful 35 millimeter print. There were over 200 people in the theater to see it last night. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was fun. And they've been doing a lot of that. That's why they're showing the car. They're showing like, as many, they're doing a horror movie or two a night at the Music Box mm-hmm. the entire month. And so that's why they're showing the car tonight. But yeah, Cemetery Man, classic. It's yes. also known as uh, Della Morte, Della More. Yes. Uh, yeah. if, if some people are, because the Italian title is Della Morte, Della More. Um, but yeah, great movie. I'm so thrilled that you like that movie. That makes me very it's happy. So good. And I oh. recently bought it again. That makes me so I happy. always look for it. Like, I always yeah. look for it in places, and then I finally did find it, and I forget where. <laughs> so I might have been at, um, what's that? Reckless. Reckless Records. Oh, sure. That sounds like it should be there. Yeah. I think, yeah, yeah. yeah I think I found it there. Yeah. Uh, well, but anyway, either way. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, oh. and I love Ooh, Nick's it's, show. It's zombie Carrie Russell. I might have to shoot her in the <laughs> Hi, head. I'm Carrie Russell, oh, God. and I <laughs> love Nick's show. Uh, so you got to go. I don't want to shoot you in the head. <laughs> The co- I think it's just makeup. The- <laughs> I think she's just- it is. I think she's dressed up early for Halloween. I thought for a second yeah. I had to pull the gun out and shoot her in the head. The, the, the goddamn the in, in the movie, I was bro. The, the guy. I always my favorite zombies in the movie, uh, besides the the. The, the decapitated bride's head, which is the best. Right. Um, it, are, the, are the Cub Scouts. Are the fucking Cub Scouts. <laughs> <laughs> Those are my favorite zombies. <laughs> it's, so, it's so good. I can't believe we've never talked about C- Cemetery Man before. I think he had. We didn't. We I had guess, I yeah, feel like we I have. Can't believe, I mean, my God, it's Halloween and... Uh, so anyway, I would think I would have brought that up at some point. Yeah, I, maybe we have, and I forgot. I don't know, but but God bless that movie. It's just so great, oh, so great. 
Um, hey, by the way, uh, hey, you know we're doing a live uh, version of this podcast, Esmeralda. I don't know if you know that. What? When? We are on Tuesday, November 15th <laughs> at Zany's in Rosemont. I'll, I'll write that down. <laughs> my dad, by the way, my dad's like, I've been working on my set. Did I tell, tell no. you that? Oh, is he gonna, does he got a tight five? I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, go, go up there and do 10, Dad. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> but he's like, yo, I'm working on my jokes right now. And I'm like, all right, Dad. He's like, nice. we got, we're, we're a little bit less than a month outside of the thing. And my dad's like, yeah, I'm preparing. So my dad's yeah, ready to go. Hey, man. My dad's ready to go. You got to be ready. He got to be gotta ready. Wait, let me stay ready. Let me play this real quick. Hey, everybody going to tell you what's going on November 15th. at the Tuesday up at Rosemont talking about Zanes. We going to put on a live show. So I suggest you do some clicking. Get on the website and buy some tickets. I heard his dad's going to close the show. Yeah. You can be there, don't you know. Get some tickets, baby. That's right. <laughs> Sexy ass tickets. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is Tuesday, November 15th, 7.30, Zanies and Rosemont. Be a part of it. We want to pack the place. Please come on out. It's going to be so much fun. Box office, 847-813-0484. Website, rosemont.zanies.com. Tuesday, November 15th, 7.30. Uh, you know who might be there? That will live forever, too. Yeah, he, may, he, may, he might show up. <laughs> oh, Stink up the place. Great. Um, hey, we got another request for the megaphone message. Nice. And if you want to uh, request me to leave a message for you through my magic megaphone, uh, you can leave a voicemail at 773-417-6948 or leave an email, uh, nickdpodcast at gmail.com, requesting me to say something into the magic megaphone f- just for you. So Lisa uh, is is the person who sent in the email, Esmeralda. Mm-hmm. And here is the megaphone message for her. She adopted a dog recently. God bless mm-hmm. her. The dog's name is Stella. Oh. And so she wanted me to record this. Hey, Stella. Stella. Hey, Stella. Stella. Hey, Stella. So there you go. That's what, Stella. What's it? Okay. Stella. Yeah. Stella. Right. Stella. Right. Stella. So, so she wanted me to. Stella. Yeah. Stella. Yeah. Hey, Stella. Yeah. Stella. <laughs> so she wanted me to record. Uh, Stella. All right. Okay. All right, um, so that's the magic megaphone. So she mm-hmm. she wanted me to record. Uh, uh, hey Stella, it kind of a little bit like s- streetcar, uh, but mm-hmm. uh, but but she wants to use that to call her dog. So that's yeah be used to call her. Dog. Yeah, I'm curious uh, if she lis- when she's listening to the podcast and if, she plays it out. If Stella will listen, we'll go. Hey Stella, she hey goes, Stella, what? So what? Huh? What are you calling me? Why are you calling me? Who's the weirdo <laughs> with the megaphone? Yeah. So if you have a specific message that you would like to hear through the magic megaphone. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you could just leave your. Uh, you can send us an email if you want to. Uh, we do have a voicemail now. As you know, Esmeralda and many people who listen to this know that we, in fact, did a pumpkin spice taste test. Yes. Uh, most recently, uh, and so our, our good friend Charlie, 
uh, sent uh, left this voicemail. And by the way, anytime you want 24-7 voicemail, 773-417-6948. Here's Charlie's voicemail. Hey, Nick and Esmeralda. It's Charlie uh, calling from uh, the old androgynous mustache. Listen to the Pumpkin Spice episode, and you guys were talking about Halloween 3 at the same time. Fun fact, the way that you make a pumpkin spice latte at Starbucks uh, is to use goo that looks like the androids from Halloween 3. The reason I know this is because 17 or 18 years ago, when I worked at Starbucks and saw Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, for the first time, I noticed that the goo coming out of the androids looked a awful lot like the goo that we made the pumpkin spice lattes uh, at Starbucks with. And so every time I made one, never had one, I would sing to myself the, uh, the Halloween 3 uh, Silver Shamrock song. I thought you guys would like to know that. So pumpkin spice latte equals... Android Goo from Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Thanks for the great episodes, guys. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. It's almost time, kids. Yeah, all right. How about that, Esmeralda? So... <laughs> making a making a Starbucks pumpkin spice latte reminds him of Halloween three. <laughs> I just love that that's the goo. I feel like Starbucks needs to do some kind of collaboration, right, with Halloween three. <laughs> a tie-in with Halloween three, season of the witch. You, if you can... I was into Starbucks, I would be like, let's make our own Starbucks drink. Because have right. you seen that people do that now, yeah. like? Mm-hmm. And then annoy the Starbucks people. Like, can you yeah. make the half calf whatever with the seven right. sugars and the whatevers? And it's like to, somebody's drink. How to piss <laughs> off a barista. Right? <laughs> well, I guess you just get a pumpkin spice latte. And that's enough, I guess. And that's the goo. That's the goo. Maybe squirt Qu- some goo on top. I Yeah, I don't yeah. know how to make I, it like a Halloween 3 situation. <laughs> have, have your Halloween 3 latte. So anyway, well, we thank you for that, Charlie. Uh, it adds a lot uh, to our uh, month of spooktacular. We're really going to get yeah. spooktacular on the next episode. No guests, just me and you, Esmeralda. Yeah, And we're going to do all, all kinds of <laughs> Halloween stuff. And we'll talk about more horror movies. Uh, we'll, maybe we'll even talk about more about Cemetery Man. We'll analyze it, maybe. <laughs> frame by frame. We'll do a frame by frame analysis of, uh, of it. Um, so when I say creepy actor, because we were talking about Creepy movies that are scary, even if they're not horror movies. Mm-hmm. And, you know, stuff like Nightcrawler, and we were talking mm-hmm. about, like, Requiem for a Dream and stuff like that. But there are there are creepy celebrities and creepy actors, and we're going to concentrate a little bit on creepy mm-hmm. actors. Uh, next time on the official long spooktacular, we'll do creepy people. Um, mm-hmm. But creepy actors. When, when, when I say creepy actors, who are a couple of guys that pop into your head personally? Like, what's the first guy or the first actor that pops into your head? I immediately think Christopher Walken. Of course. But not he's changed his 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 image. Um because in a in a certain point in time he then became like lovable. Yeah. And like funny. But before that, he was frightening to me. He any and he he still can be. Um Yeah. But yeah, I mean I think I think I I I think it's because he became such um, a beloved SNL host several times. Mm. I think that brought him to some sense of normalcy. He's always going to be weird, you know? Right. 
But like but he's, but he does. He played. He used to have a lot of characters that were just. It would make him scary. Yeah, like for and instance, I, for instance, at close range, uh, the movie with him and Sean Penn, where he plays Sean Penn and Chris Penn's father, mm. um, at close range, which features um, "Live to Tell" by Madonna, is from that movie, mm-hmm. um, and uh, that's when Madonna and Sean Penn were married, at that time when they made that movie. That I think is might be the most terrifying performance he's ever given. Yeah, I, I yeah, <laughs> I, and he's got a bad like mustache in it too because the movie takes Oof. place in the seventies, and he's got like a really creepy. It's if you have you ever seen that Close Range? I have not. Oh my god, Esmeralda! <laughs> it's that to me, and 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 there are a lot of creepy Christopher Walken performances and scary Christopher mm-hmm. Walken performance for me. That's the one. That one takes the cake. His performance in At Close Range. Give that mm. one a shot. Give, okay. that, give that one a shot sometime. I mean, I remember specifically um, when, uh, oh my God, what's her name? Rosie O'Donnell had that talk show. Yeah. That daytime talk show. She, for yeah. some reason, had Christopher Walken on. Probably to plug something, yeah. Yeah, he was plugging something. But she, <laughs> like, she came out to him. She was just like, you were scary. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, I agree. <laughs> like, I was like, she he, was telling him, and he's just like, I don't know. <laughs> he's the thing is, it's like, I mean, he's got a very distinctive look. Um, yeah, but then he, the, the roles he was playing were very scary oh, people. Oh no, absolutely! Like King of New York, Communion, the Alien movie. He's mm-hmm. scary. He's even scary in a goddamn Neil Simon comedy. He's in. Uh, <laughs> Um, he's in Biloxi Blues. He's terrifying in that movie. And that's a Neil Simon, you know, Matthew Broderick comedy. Yeah. And he's scary in that. He's scary in a lot of stuff. Uh, can't, yeah, I mean, but for me, At Close Range is the most terrifying. But, like, and he started out, you know, also, you, do, do you remember him in Annie Hall? Uh, no. He plays Annie's. Annie Hall. Yeah, he huh. plays Diane Keaton. Annie's, he plays Annie Hall's insane brother, who uh, calls Woody Allen into his bedroom and talks about how he wants to drive his car into oncoming traffic and kill himself. And then they're, they, and <laughs> then they, they cut huh. to a scene where he's driving them home and Woody Allen is shitting his pants in the car. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Do not remember that. Um, but yeah, no, he, he yeah. was also, I mean, he was the headless horseman in Sleepy Hollow. In Sleepy Hollow, yeah. I'm real yeah. curious. Oh, how Batman. much makeup did they ba- even use? Batman Returns. <laughs> He's the he's the villain yeah. in Batman Returns. He he kills uh, he kills uh, Michelle Pfeiffer. Throws yeah, her out he, the window. He, yeah. He's real good at those gaunt looking yeah. characters. Um, but like he won the Academy Award for uh, 1978 for supporting actor in The Deer Hunter, and he's not weird in that. Mm-hmm. He gets weird because of the shit that happens to him. Right. Uh, but but he's not weird in that. Um, but then, like, you know, by the time Cowbell came out, everybody's like, oh, we love Christopher Walken. He's adorable. Right. No, you know he, I- <laughs> he did a whole, like, change of, and yeah. he was doing, like, cutesy movies and... And he's a dancer. Like, silly movies. He, yeah. And, oh, and we saw him in those, in the video. Right. Um, in the, the, the Fat Boy Slim video. Fat Boy Slim yeah. video. But he's also, like, he, he, is a, he was a Broadway dancer. He was in Pennies from Heaven. He can actually fucking dance. He's a hoofer. And, you know... <laughs> Uh, he, he, is. he is. He is. Is that the he's, technical term? He's like a, he's a Broadway <laughs> hoofer. He is. I'm telling Interesting. you. Interesting. So I don't know, but yeah. So but I but I think it was right around that time. His, Stella. Uh oh. Stella. <laughs> Stella. Stella. Wait. Shut up. It's Stella. All right. 
All right. Anyway, uh, but so what I but but I think a lot of people, if you were thinking creepy actors, clearly Christopher Walken would be near near the top. Yeah. Of the list. Well, he's on this list that we have uh, mm-hmm. from Ranker.com. He is number ten. Number ten. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, that seems about right. Now I'm looking yeah. at this list, and uh, number one is Michael Berryman, who a lot of people might not know. Yeah. Um, bald guy, very distinctive uh, features. Was best known as uh, the guy. He's in Hills Have Eyes. Is like the yes. And he was also in Weird Science when they when they bust into the house when the biker gang led by the dude from Road oh, Warrior. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He's in Weird Science. Uh, I can't remember uh, what his. He has one line. He's like, well, "Please don't tell my my job about this or something like that." He has it. I don't. Remember. Yeah. But he's in that, uh, and he, and 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 he passed away recently. But he, um, uh, I think he. Oh God, maybe I'm wrong, but I think he passed away recently. I'm pretty sure he did. But um, uh, maybe he's still alive. Oh, shit, he is maybe he's still, still alive. alive. Okay, sorry, my fault. <laughs> but he's he's. Um, come you're to... thinking of um, the other guy in the hills have eyes, I believe. Okay, he. But Michael Berryman, by the way, uh, I've met him several times through Flashback Flashback Weekend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Incredibly nice guy. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Incredibly nice guy. He's probably super nice. Yeah. Yeah. So if you look up Michael Berryman, he's uh, considered a creepy one. Now, number two on this list, Esmeralda, as you know, I have personal experience with. Yeah. So can you attest to the creepy that is um, Gary Busey? Yeah. Uh, without quite. he's insane he's he's like he's, he's always been that way oh yeah no he's not he's he's crazier now than ever right he went he he's had and i and i don't mean to, i'm not gonna make light of this but he had a, a horrible motorcycle accident that i that i believe caused brain damage um and knocked out all his teeth and just did you know it's just out of his mind and he was crazy before right. that uh i spent a week with him I'm not kidding, and you know this. I spent. So a, is this I, before or after the after the accident? after the accident? Okay. Yeah, the accident okay. was a long time ago. The accident was a very long time ago. The, the accident was in the '80s. So, um, but yeah, no, I spent a week solid with Gary Busey, like every night, drinking and partying and hanging out with Gary Busey, and goodness, everything that you think that would be, like, mm-hmm. oh my god, that had to be insane. Uh, multiply it by a million and you're kind of close to the ballpark as to how fucking nuts it was to hang out with Gary Busey for a, a full week. Especially when... And then when, yeah. and then that's... Um, I feel like he's gotten worse. He's gotten worse. Like, and uh, I don't know if, you, if you've... You know, just most, most recently, he was accused of, uh, uh, of, of sexual uh, harassment. Yeah, I uh, believe it. And and sexual uh, misbehavior at a at a at a at I believe a convention at a fan convention. Yeah, I believe it. Um, so <laughs> I, I do too. I, I hung out with him for a week, Esmeralda. I, uh, yeah, he <laughs> he's nuts. I, I mean, mean he, he was he was on the um, he's on the Doctor Drew shows, yeah, celebrity rehab. Yeah, pretending like to be a, a counselor. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And it's like, I'm buddy, here to, I'm here, no. I'm here, to, I'm here to help you out. I'm going to Excuse me, you sir. Out. You are here as no, a patient. because you're, <laughs> you're fucking nuts. Um, <sighs> yeah, Gary Busey. Uh, yeah, no, he's nuts. And it was, it might, you know, uh, he's all, he also doesn't like it when you mistake him for Nick Nolte. And I know that uh, because I witnessed it. So, um, no. I mean, they could, they could be brothers. <laughs> no. They really. <laughs> no. Uh, uh, yeah, that was, it's not good when you're at China Club. In uh, early 1990 or late 1992, and you come up 
uh, three attractive ladies come up and mistake you for Nick Nolte, that's not good. <laughs> it was not good. Yikes. So, all right. So scary, creepy. What about the next guy, Esmeralda, number three? Now, I don't I, – I do see it, but yet I don't see it. But that's because – I th- he's a very nice man in general. I mean, I've yeah. never met him, but it seems yeah. that he's super nice. Is Steve Buscemi? Yeah, uh, and, I agree with you. Uh, I agree with you. Yeah, I can see. Yeah, I he just—he's you know—he's unique looking. Yeah, uh, and I, you know, in certain lights, he's c- kind of attractive. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, uh, I, I don't I know what it is. Like I, certain I, lights or like certain characters. Like I found him kind of attractive in um, Boardwalk Empire. Yo, I sure I can find that. I, well, first of all, the performance is really powerful too. You know what I mean? It's like uh, yeah. the character he plays has got a lot of fucking power. You know, uh, and yeah. that's and that's always kind of sexy. You know what I mean? When a character has that, um, he's those nice suits too. So maybe- yeah, no, no, no. He looked. Good <laughs> I always in that say. Show. Yeah. I always say a suit will bump up a, a, a man's good lookingness <laughs> by like at least five points. Oh man! Like if it's um, a good, well, like well tailored, like well tailored suit, yeah. suit yeah, like yeah. yeah, that can bump up your your good looking points. He's also like <laughs> a, he knows, and, and there are times when he can be adorable, like in 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 uh, in Lebowski. Donnie, shut the fuck up, Donnie. You know, like uh, he's so adorable. Yeah, oh, I felt so bad for Donnie. I know, but... and then they, you know, and then they can't even they the assholes they fuck up spreading his ashes. You know what I mean? Oh like even God. even Goodman fucks that up. You know what I mean? Like oh. uh, you're out of here. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but uh, but yeah. So no, I, I but I can see why he's on there. He has he has played creepy roles. Yeah, many times he's played villains a lot. Um, you know, but he's Buddy Holly in in uh, in. Pulp Fiction. He plays the. Oh actor. yeah, <laughs> and then also like in his personal life, when he essentially quit, he didn't quit quit, but he gave up acting for a minute, and he went back and he was a firefighter. Well, he went back because of nine eleven. He he right, was, but I'm just he like, was, look at that. I mean, that's no, very. But I mean, he was a firefighter for years, and then was in like literally went down. To when the towers collapsed, he was there. He went down and 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 was carrying steel and twisted metal and all kinds of shit in those pits after after like the day after it happened. Yeah, Um, he's a hell of a guy, and and he also Trees Lounge, which he wrote and directed, which is a terrific movie, Um, Mm -hmm. especially if you you know uh, have experienced bar culture at all. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So it works. And now I love Steve Buscemi, but yes, I can see he's played creepy roles. So I can see that. And he's not a, you know, uniquely handsome dude. Yeah. I actually, uh, there was a bar crawl for, I don't know how long it lasts, how long, many years it went, but uh, it was the Steve Buscemi bar crawl where Wait, you could get, yeah, they came to the Hungry Brain one year. I think I, I only saw them one year and that was it. Uh, but they would they had a makeup artist drawing people and giving them Buscemi eyes. <laughs> and then they also had little cutouts where you could then have Buscemi eyes. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I great. love that. Oh man, the Buscemi so bub it's just pub like crawl. you see all these people coming in. Oh, that's with great. Buscemi eyes. That's great. That is great. Well, uh, so creepy we're, we're, because it is, you know, the spooktacular uh, time period, and uh, and we'd uh oh. Look into my eyes. Uh, gotcha. 
He had Buscemi eyes, by the way, when he when he did that. He did, did he? Oh. He did. He had Buscemi eyes. <laughs> um, uh, uh, who else on this list, Esmeralda? Uh, uh, creepy actors is what we're talking about in honor. All of right. Halloween. Well, again, because he's kind of weird looking, but I feel like as he's gotten older, he looks more attractive. Is Willem Dafoe? Um, yeah. I I see. I personally, I I think Willem Dafoe is sexy. I just that's dude's just got me. a dude's got a face though. He's he got does a very um, <laughs> expression filled face. Yeah. Like he knows how to. Yeah. And right here, I just looked up. Oh lord. Um, see, I don't even know what this is from. It's Ooh. just a, a a screenshot from something, but it's. He's got like long kind of blonde, like long hair a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's a little, it's, it's, he looks younger here. Uh, he's wearing just a blue shirt and all I see is his eyes all bugged out. Yeah. And he's got that creepy ass smile. It might be, it might Ooh. be something from his stage work. Cause when he had, he had long hair when he was, a, when he was an up and coming stage actor in New York. So Maybe. He, yeah. This shot if he's young. Just, no, he, you know, CNN. seriously. He, he can be a scary dude. There's no question about it. He's played villains. He's played evil dudes. He's played, I mean, he's the Green Goblin in the Spider-Man movies. Yeah. Um, and he's played crazy-ass roles. I mean, look, he also played Jesus in, uh, in Last Temptation of Christ. Um, you know, and he's been in, he was in The Lighthouse with him and Robert Pattinson. And, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, was in, he was just in The Northman. Um, uh, you know, uh, I, I but but I, you know, and he was just in the 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 Walter Hill Western, uh, Dead for a Dollar, with him and Christoph Waltz. Um, and but I, for some reason, I find him alluring. Willem Dafoe, I do. Yeah, no, he's <laughs> he's oddly attractive. Yeah, <laughs> but then he so. isn't. Like it's again, it's like Steve Buscemi. Yeah, he has his moments where it's like, yeah. oh. And yeah. then there's other ones where like, oh God, please when get he, away from me. <laughs> yeah, well, when he's when he's pl- when he's playing up the craziness because he can play crazy, you know. Yeah, well, he but has very he, sharp features. Yeah, but I mean, so, did you see the did you see the Florida Project? Uh, I did. I think I did. He's lovely in that movie, and I mean, he's he, and he's another guy like Buscemi who can be just really sweet and, and lovely. Mm-hmm. Uh, but those are guys that they can use their looks either to be to either way. You can push it so you're really creepy looking and evil, or you can yeah. be really lovely and, and interesting. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, so, absolutely. But I love Willem Dafoe. He's one of my favorite. I love Willem Dafoe, and he He's was terrific. Great, um... He was terrific on SNL last season. At the end of the season, he hosted, and he was fucking great. Mm, yes, he was great. He's also good in. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen the series of fishing. Or um, yeah, oh, yeah, fishing with John. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> I believe they go ice fishing. Yeah, and it's very cute. It's very, it's very cute to see yeah. him just be. Well, I mean, he's played a lot of creeps, and that's that makes sense. Yeah. But I, you know, so I could it, see it. Yeah. Now, what about Crispin Glover? He's on. He's yeah, on. no, that dude's. Then that dude's just creepy. Like he's creepy. Well, right. Like I know he plays characters, but he's also just creepy. I, he, okay, I've met him a few times. Yeah, um, he's a weird ex, dude, isn't he? My ex-wife, my ex, my second, my second ex-wife, Heather, in love with him, in love with him, like loves him, loves his books, loves his art, loves the movies he makes, and I introduced her to him like twice, and she was completely beside. It was the most excited I've ever seen her. <laughs> um, yeah, and I interviewed Chris McGlover a couple of times. 
and I mm-hmm. met him. I met him a few times. He's a really nice guy. He's he's he is eccentric, and he's definitely weird, but not like dangerous, like creepy weird. He's just very eccentric. He's an incredibly sweet man. <laughs> really? I heard yeah. He was- no, I mean, and, and, and all the whole, like, you remember the legendary thing he did many years ago on Letterman where he came out with the wig and he kicked, he tried to kick Letterman and, mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And it became like, oh, he's fucking insane. That was like kind of him doing performance art Andy Kaufman kind of stuff. Um, and it was just part of like some of the shit that he was trying out, trying, you know, doing. Um, he's now he's a weird dude. There's no question about it. He's a very strange guy. Um, okay. <laughs> and, 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 and there's no, there's no question about it, but, um, he, I met him, I met him, you know, and he's a, he's a sweet dude. I, I have to say he's a very nice guy. <laughs> he's just, his art is a little, is very strange. Mm. So anyway, but, uh, and he's, and he's Marty, he's Marty McFly's dad for God's sake. He is Marty McFly's dad. <laughs> Anybody else out here that uh, that pops out? Um, well, what I find funny is that there are no, there's very few women. Oh, these are just actors, right? List. Aren't there? Are no, there, there is. Oh, there's there a, are. There's there one women. or two floating around in here. Oh, okay. <laughs> there's yeah, like t- which Tilda I don't Swinton understand. I can kind of see it, but not really. Tilda Swinton is on here, mm-hmm. and so is uh, Helena Bonham Carter. I can see both of those, although I think they're both unbelievably attractive and wonderful yeah i don't i don't see it i mean i do like i think their things aren't creepy they're more quirky yeah and i think it's because they both have played maniacs and stuff in movies and Mm -hmm. you know and helena bottom carter is so closely associated with tim burton that immediately you know and i think it's because tilda swinton is just such a unique looking person um yeah she plays she plays a lot of characters that are unique and too. weird, like, I guess. Just, and... Yeah, they're like weird characters. And yeah. then like whatever look they give her makes it even more. But I don't it, think they're creepy. I don't either. I don't find I don't find Helena Bottom Carter or Tilda Swinton creepy. I guess I can I can see why maybe they would. I find them really I think one of the reasons why people find them creepy, and I think one of the reasons why it's you know, like they're is because like I think men feel threatened by them. Mm-hmm. By Helena Bottom Carter, and especially by Tilda Swinton. I think, you know, there are a lot of guys who are like, oh, she's ugly, she's weird. No, no, you're just, you freaked out because she's, she's a really ballsy woman. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, she doesn't give a fuck. You know? You know what I mean? And that's one of the things I love so much about her. That she doesn't give a shit. And she, you know, and she, like, she's so, she so, and even visually, reminds me a lot of David Bowie. Um, mm-hmm. uh, oh, and, yeah, and, completely. And 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 I one of the reasons I love her for the, is, is that whole androgynous thing that she does I find remarkably sexy and really appealing and I think yeah. she's incredibly interesting and she's a goddamn amazing actress that George that the George Miller movie the three thousand years of longing mm-hmm. that no one went to see <laughs> she's amazing in that movie and she's amazing in everything. Um, but I can understand. But I think I think the reason why they say "oh, she's creepy" is because I don't know. They, I think people are threatened by her. That's all. That's what I think. Right. <laughs> so, I don't know. All right. Uh, let's do one I more. I mean, here she's kind well. of the same as. Um, I know you never watched any of the Game of Thrones. Yeah. But there's a woman on there who you know plays the a character. I, uh, Chris Gwendolyn Christie, I believe. Okay. 
Um, but she also kind of has that um, androgynous look she does in the move in the in the show. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. she plays a person who's like a very tomboy, whatever. She wants to be a knight, all that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah, yeah. But I think people kind of her too. She has to like really, really like fem herself out for people right. to be like, oh, yeah, because she that... played this character who was very like just trying to erase anything feminine about herself. Right. Right. Yeah. And people people immediately they call that creepy, but instead it's just like, no, you're threatened by it. That's not creepy. Yeah. Yeah, 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 completely. It's <laughs> not creepy at all. Um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm a huge fan. All right, one more creepy uh, actor, and, and my dad's going to tell a joke. Do you um, think John? Do you think John Malkovich is creepy, Esmeralda? He's good at playing creepy characters. Right. I himself, I'm kind of never really think about him like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he plays some creepy characters. I, I think if I met him, I wouldn't be like freaked out or anything by him um but he does only, play I, some creepy ass characters he he has played creepy characters he can play creepy very very well but he can also play i mean he's a tr- he's a tremendous actor um but he's he's i mean i met him one time he was very standoffish but I, i'm not gonna hold that against him um because he's john malkovich and he can be he can be standoffish he doesn't know who the fuck i am you know what I mean? Right. You're so, just a person that just rolled, jag like, off, rolled up on I, him. <laughs> yeah, but I met him, and he was standoffish, and that's, that's totally fine. Uh, but he can play creepy. He can also do comedy like a son of a bitch, man. Oh, yeah. No, he's hilarious. Um, and he's also another guy, uh, uh, SNL. Do you remember the episode on SNL where he, <laughs> he he's reading The Night Before Christmas to kids? Have you ever seen that? Hmm. Oh, I don't look it up. Remember, Esmeralda, it? do me do me a favor and watch it after we finish taping this. Yeah, it's John Malkovich reads the night the night before Christmas to a bunch of kids. It's unbelievably funny. I mean, it's it is hilarious. Um, and I mean, he can be he can be great. And and I and I just I love his performance in Rounders so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, do you remember him in Rounders as? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. It's KGB. <laughs> Pay that man his money. Uh, <laughs> he so. plays, yeah, and then, but he then, yeah, he can really just switch it up and play real creep. Uh, absolutely, so I can see why he's <laughs> on the list. All right, well, hey, I think my dad's uh, coming up uh, here. Hold on a second. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, oh. and I love. I know, Carrie. Nick you got to step out of the way. My dad's trying to come in. All right, Carrie. Hi, yeah. Hi, I know. I'm Carrie I Russell, and I. By the way, love she it was, Nick's show. It was makeup. She took it off. Uh, it was oh, okay. Good. It was makeup. So she's okay. Okay, are you ready for my dad's <laughs> joke? Yeah. Ooh, it's the best part of the week, baby. It's time to hear something funny. Here we go with your music intro. Ah! It's a jokey, jokey, jokey time. It's a jokey, jokey, jokey time. Nick's dad tells a joke. Yeah. What I say. It's a jokey, jokey, jokey time. It's a jokey, jokey, jokey time. Nick's dad tell a joke. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. And he's going to tell one uh, live at Zany's in Rosemont on Tuesday, November 15th. Uh, so make sure you're there for that. All right, Dad, go ahead. I used to be diagnosed with a type of amnesia. I can't remember the 80s bands. There is no cure. <laughs> I, I, 
That was jokey, jokey, jokey time. It was a jokey, jokey, jokey time. Nick's dad told a joke. So he can't remember the <laughs> can't remember the band The Cure. I guess is the point of that joke. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> It's too smart for my blood. I guess so, man. <laughs> or it's just this. Oh, oh. All right. Uh, all right, Esmeralda. Hey, uh, the next time we talk, it's just going to be us doing a full-on spooktacular. So think of a bunch of Halloween-themed stuff you want to talk about, and we'll have some fun with that, okay? Will do. Cool. Esmeralda is here, and she's going to be live with me on stage at Zanies and Rosemont. 847-813-0484 for your tickets, Tuesday, November 15th, 730 Sandy's and Rosemont. Want to leave us a voicemail? 773-417-6948 if you would like to uh, request uh, anything or a, uh, a, 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 you know, a magic megaphone uh, message as well. You can drop us an email at nickdpodcast at gmail.com. Stella. Yeah. Stella. Yeah, I know. Stella. Right, I know. Stella. Right, okay. Stella. Yeah. Uh, so you can also do that. Thanks to uh, everybody at RadioMisfits.com. Rate and review us on every platform if you want to be a sponsor. Sales at RadioMisfits.com. You can uh, get some ads here. And, uh, and thanks to Jason Skaggs and everybody else. Esmeralda, thanks so much. And uh, we'll talk to you on, uh, on Friday. All right, everybody, thanks. And uh, yeah, the next episode is coming up uh, soon here on uh, the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. The wind is right on.